Now, some of you can't lie because I heard some of you sing along with Frosty the Snowman this morning. My name is Matt Griswold. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, and I have a surprise for you. The month of December, we are going to be heading to the movies as a church. And we're not going to go to the movies. We're going to see the movies here. Some of you are now disappointed. Now listen, we're going to bring the movies here. We already have the popcorn, and it's a lot cheaper than the movie theater. We all awake? Okay. Now, Frosty the Snowman. I'm not here to make anybody feel a little older than they might be, but does anybody have a clue of the year of the release date? The year. Just the year. It was, it was today, December 7th, 1969. Frosty the Snowman on movies is 45 years old today. December 7th is also the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. But Frosty the Snowman is what we're focusing on today. Frosty the Snowman. Now, if you want to come and hang out with us at Connection for the month of December, you're going to see three more movie clips, and we're going to find out what God's Word says about those movies. They could be from way back, they could be from now, but they're all Christmas movies. The video before we had worship, Elf. Great movie. Now some of you, some of you watch these as a, as a family. Now, I know what you're thinking. Matt, your last name is Griswold. What do you guys watch? We watch Griswold's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> we watch Frosty and, and Rudolph, but Griswold's. Okay, it's all about Clark at my house. Okay? Um, yeah, there's a story about me getting pulled over in a town... And uh, I gave them, I was out hunting and I gave them my license. And the, the policeman had to call my now father-in-law to make sure that my name was in fact really Griswold. And I didn't get a ticket because my last name was Griswold. <laughs> but Frosty the Snowman is 45 years old today. Did you hear what he said when, he, when, they, when they put the hat on him? He says, I'm a living. I'm alive. There are people in this room, there are people that we come in contact with, that we work with, that we see in our culture, in our, in our, in our, in our everyday life, that w- just could wish that they could feel alive. Feeling alive is not something that this world just says, oh, you know, I'm gonna have, you're going to have a great day today, and everybody's going to come up by you. You know, just tell me, the, tell me the last time you walked through a mall, through a store, especially during the holiday season, and everybody was happy. Never happened, has it? Even the brightest of the Salvation Army bell ringers can bring a smile to your face, and then when you walk into a certain store, that goes away. Tell you what, we're going to have an opportunity. Our last one of the year, and we've, had, we've already had two. Connection has given away gas, and we've given away turkeys in the last two months, last month and a half. This Saturday is the last Community 11 of the year. And we're going to give things away. I'm not going to tell you what. I'm not going to tell you where. I can tell you to talk to Ken Jane if you're available this Saturday. Okay? This Saturday. Meet at 10. Meet at 10. Talk to Ken. He can tell you when and where. A lot of secrets to this month. One thing that's not a secret is this. For, for over 2,000 years, since if you, you want to get conservative about when Jesus was died and was on earth, Roughly 2,000 years, people have been going to different parts of the world, starting over there, starting here, and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, spreading the love that God has for them. 
the month of December, we collect an offering for international missions. It's called the Lottie Moon Offering. If you have your worship handout, a lot of this stuff is in, is in and I don't want to take a whole lot of time, but if you flip open all the way to the middle, the top thing is the Lottie Moon Offering. What is it? It, it, gives, you, it gives you what it is. Why, why should we give to it? Please don't, you know, you don't have to read it now because I'm talking, but <laughs> you're going to go through that. Some of you are going to go through that and, and realize that these people are seeking to do what Connection is seeking to do. They're seeking to be relevant in the culture. See, what Connection is doing is not anything new. Missionaries have been doing this for a very, very long time. We seek to be relevant to our culture. So if you would like to give to that, there are special offering envelopes. They say, Lottie Moon. Some of you are not awake. That was a joke. Okay, they say, Lottie Moon is by the door, okay? They're by the door. They're dark brown colored. Also, remember, the other page, it's, shh, the community loving is a secret. Hey, we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want everybody to say, oh, where are we going, where are we going, where are we going? And then like social media, light it up. We don't want that to happen. We're going to go all over the town and we're going to give some th- things away. And one of the things that we do this, this, this month, and we do them every month, but this month we're going to meet this week and we're going to meet next week. The next week is obviously the week of the 21st. Christmas is on a Thursday. We will not have Connect Group that week. But I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to look at this very last page and I want you to, it says... Sunday at 1, 2, and it, and it lists uh, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. These are connect groups in people's homes. Some of the people have come up to me that, that go to church here, that don't go to church here, and they say, why do you guys meet in homes? If you've never been to a connect group, I, I challenge you, find one of these places that you can get on your phone or the internet, type in that address, it'll take you right to it. There's the starting times, if there's daycare, if there's childcare, whatever. Wednesday night at 6.30, I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock here, I teach the one that's here at the church. Um, I challenge you, this month is going to be, this month is just cool. This, this, this month is very unique because this is a month out of the year that there's a lot of people that would come to church simply because it's the month of Christmas. They would. This is, it's, it, we're, at, we're at a Christmas season and the other one is Easter. Okay, if you have an opportunity... To ask somebody to come, come. Have them come. Tell them we're going to go to the movies. Okay, we got free popcorn and we're going to see movie clips. What we're going to do with those movie clips is we're going to move into what God says about those things. But with all those announcements, with that challenge about Connect Group, let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for bringing us all here. God, I know that in a crowd this big, there's got to be people that have had great weeks and probably middle-of-the-road weeks and good weeks and bad weeks and absolutely awful weeks. God, I just ask through this, through this story of Frosty the Snowman that we can see how important we are to You. God, thank You for loving us. Thank You for how He loves us. Thank You for that song. In Your name we pray. Amen. It's movie month. Connection at the movies. I've already been asked several and multiple times, what movie's going to be next week? What movie's going to be on Christmas week? Come and find out. I'm not going to tell you. Okay, there's like three people that know, and they've been sworn to secrecy. Okay, so just come and find out. Frosty the Snowman, December 7th, 1969. I was negative 11 years old. But 45 years ago today, 
If you haven't seen any of the four movies, and yes, we are going to even watch a Christmas movie after Christmas on the week of the 28th. But if you haven't seen these four movies, I'm not going to show you any clips of that movie that's going to spoil it for you. But this is what's going to happen. If, this, if one of these movies hits on something that you watch every Christmas, like my family watches National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, if this is one, you know, I can tell you that my wife and I with our girls, we will watch Elf probably 25 times. Okay, So we, we get to watch these things. Now, if the, one of these movies you watch at your house, what you're going to do is you're going to maybe hopefully see that, remember the clip that we watched here, remember what God's Word says about it, and if you're around somebody that's maybe not in your family, or that doesn't have a relationship with God, you're going to be able to share with them, you know, you know what, this is a lot like this. What if I said that you were a lot like Frosty the Snowman this morning? I didn't give anyone a magic hat today. I did see some people moving her and dancing around, though. And that's okay. If I said this, if I sang this, when they placed it on his head, uh, see, you guys are good. Now, imagine this. Imagine this. That's a childhood song that's been embedded in our head. What if we could take something from God's word and I could, I could say that and everybody would know it just like that? But if you go to Walmart or you go to another big department store, you can walk in like the month of July and they've already got Christmas stuff up and it's about Frosty and Santa Claus. What biblically... Biblically, what can we pull from Frosty the Snowman? When they placed the hat upon his head, there was a change that happened. Some of us understand what it's like to metaphorically, okay, I'm, not, I'm not calling anyone a snowman in here, okay? But metaphorically, you know, you understand what it's like to go through life and be a statue. You don't feel like going to work, you don't feel like getting out of bed, you don't feel like you have any, watch, Input in anything else in life. You can't move. You're stuck. Some of us have become a follower of Jesus very early in our life, and then we experience that statue stage in the middle. Or, toward, or maybe, we're not, maybe we're there now. And we don't understand why we can't move. You see, Frosty the snowman, when they put the hat on his head, he even became ticklish. He said he could move around, and he was dancing around. And he said, I feel alive. I'm alive. And he said, he looked at the kids. He said, so what's the catch? He wasn't like he was. He was alive. Maybe you felt alive if you're a parent and you witnessed one of your children being born. There's a song on the radio right now that says, I feel alive for the very first time. You just witnessed it in a snowman. I feel alive for the very first time. When, when was that? Maybe you're sitting here and going, man, I've never felt that way. I don't feel like I even matter. I feel like I stand here. People come up, they poke coal in my face. They put a, they put a carrot on my nose and I still stand here. Look, i got a stick for arms. It's not like I matter. Are we getting this? There's a lot of people that are going through a lot of hurt. 
and you can associate yourself with a snowman. Do you remember a time when you realized, watch, when God put that hat on your head? No, I'm not saying that God's magic. I'm saying that God's all-powerful. When God placed the hat upon your head, what'd you do? Stood still? I want you to think about something. I want you to think about the last time that you were just so pumped up about something that you were jumping around the house. Maybe you were six years old and you got that present for Christmas that you'd always wanted. Came downstairs one Christmas morning, my sister and I looked, and there was the box that we knew exactly what was in it. I've shared this with you before. It was a Nintendo. And I felt alive. <laughs> I was alive. Okay, Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Ripped it open and just plugged it in and went. Some of you, it was that, it was that bike, it was that, it, that wagon to that ball, that special something, that... that that gun, that toy, whatever it was. But you remember, you were jumping up and down. Some of you are sitting there, I never jumped around. Let's rewind in your life to about age 10, okay? You did, you understand what that's like. God desires to do that with us right now, today. He doesn't want statues walking through this world. Going, I don't matter, I don't matter, I don't matter. Listen. If you don't hear anything else today, remember this. The God of this universe, the God that connection serves, does not create junk. He does not make junk. What He makes matters. And you're here. And He's made you. So that means you matter. I remember. I remember feeling alive. I was 14 years old. It was November 20th, 1994. How do, you remember, how do you remember a date like that? You remember something that made you jump and sing and do a whole bunch of dances? You remember. And I was sitting in a tree stand with my uncle right next to me. And a little deer came down. Boom. And he got down. And he came back to me. He goes, you just killed your first deer. I'm lucky I had a safety harness on because I would have been off. Okay? I was so pumped up. I was like, shaking. I was shaking. August 13th, 1986. I understood that I had sin in my life. And I confessed it to God. And I felt Him wrap His loving arms around me. And I knew that Jesus lived inside my body. It's those types of things. I remember praying over here with a young man in one of those rooms. And I watched. Listen, I I watched. There was another person there with me. And we watched God say, Oh, it's time to dance, young man. Because I bought you. See, we're that important. And we just want to say, Oh, you know, I'm just not important. I'm going to walk through this life and I don't have anything that matters and I'm a statue and i got sticks for arms and I can't even see because I have coal. Some of us have coal over our eyes right now in life. Right now. You're walking around like you're a snowman and you can't see. We're going to look this morning 
at the book of 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles with me, flip to 1 Peter. We're going to be in the first chapter. We're going to be in the 13th verse in a minute. So while, while I'm talking, I'm going to give you some background information. Peter is doing what I'm trying to do this morning to a group of people. He was writing, he was talking, he was telling them, he was encouraging them. He said, listen, if you feel like a snowman, and you feel like you don't matter, please, please, please listen. God doesn't create junk. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been at a time in life, have you ever been at a time at work, where you play, whatever you do, that you... You just prayed and you asked God, God, will you please just send somebody in my life to encourage me and just remind me that I'm not a statue walking around this world? You ever needed that? You ever needed that? You never needed to feel encouraged when you're down? And when you get that encouragement, what does it make you feel? Like you want to dance around. Oftentimes I find this. When I feel down, that's the time that I need to encourage because by me encouraging somebody else, that encourages me again. That's tough to do. We're looking at a book that was written 62 to 64 AD. Roughly, conservatively, 30 years after Jesus left earth. Okay? If, if Peter writes something false in here, there's people... How many people remember the... No, I don't want to... If you don't want to raise your hand, okay... How many people remember the release date of Frosty the Snowman in 1969? No hands. Okay, everybody was dead. <laughs> Nobody was no alive yet. Okay, there are some people here that remember that. That was negative 11. I don't really recall that. But there are people here that remember that. See, there's people that Peter are writing, people are writing to. Peter's writing this message, this letter to these people. If there would have been anything false, they would have called them on it. He was writing to encourage. Look on, look on chapter 1, verse 13 with me. This is, this is our encouragement today. This is our, this is our charge today. It says this, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Now, he's writing to believing people. The people that he's writing to understand who Jesus was. They've made that commitment. They're followers of Christ. At this time in life, at this time in history, it was very, very, very dangerous to be a Christian. They killed them. Killed them. So you would want to sometimes walk around like a statue. Oh, I'm not any different than anybody else. We do the same thing today. I'm not any different than anybody else. Don't, don't pick on me. Don't call on me. Don't, don't, don't ask me to do that. I'm not any different than anybody else. God says, when I bought you with the precious blood of my son, that makes you different. That makes you different. I made you alive. I made you alive. We should strive to tell or to show. See, this Saturday, if you're not doing anything, please, community loving, it will bless your socks off. I'm telling you right now. I asked my six-year-old, I said, Emma, what was it like to give away turkeys? It was fun. She gave away turkey. She's six. You can do it. Step out. Encourage. But Peter's also reminding us how to live like Jesus. Now, you can read all day long. If you have a, if you have a copy of our worship handout, on the very front of it, it says, it says, we exist to connect with God's heart and hearts of others 
Becoming friends with all people as we live and love like who? Frosty the snowman. No. Like Jesus Christ. We exist to connect with God's heart and the, car- and the hearts of other people. See, we understand in this community there are people walking around without hope. How do, we, how, do we show, how do we show mercy and compassion? How do we show self-control? We should be the ones at the restaurant being patient with the hostess that's serving us during this holiday season. We're the people that should be gracious to the people that we're waiting on a train beside. It's not easy to do these things. Look at verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. We do not like that word. Some of us don't know. No, I'm out. I'll be God's child, but I don't want to be His obedient child. See, we're going to talk about your brother or sister today that wasn't the obedient one because we all know that we, we were the ones that did exactly what we were asked the very first time, right? Again, the laughter. Okay, yes. But to be, now listen, to be God's obedient child What does he say? He says, I want you to be relevant. I want you to share the love that I have for you with other people. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Some of us, this hits home right now. Well, Matt, everybody's everybody's sinful. You've got to have some of this. Don't slip back into your old ways of living. Okay, I get it. But to be God's obedient child, he said, listen, listen, my instructions are better than ones that you used to live by. The way that you walk through life now is different than the way you walked through life then. All parts of our lives should be in the process of conforming to what God wants us to make make us. We talked about December 7th, 1969. And if you listen to people that are older than you are, and you listen to them for very long, you'll hear this. They just don't make things like they used to. I wish we could go back then. Have you heard that? My grandfather was in the automotive business. 44 years he sold Lincoln, at Lincoln Auto Parts, uh, Parts in Fairfield, Illinois. 44 years. When they started getting computer driven, he wanted out. He goes, oh, they make these cars out of plastic. And I had to agree with him. It's plastic in computers and I have no idea how to work one. He goes, why can't they just be the 350s like I can work on? And, you know, have real parts that you actually have to use your hands and not a computer to fix. See, he, he, he reminded me, he said, I wish we could just go back to the way it used to be. See, in our lives, it should, never, it should not be like that. If we walk through life before we, before we come to Christ, and we're not being that obedient child, God says this, don't slip back into the old ways of living. Don't go back there. You didn't know any better. Look at verse 15. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, Verse 16 says, For the Scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. One 
two, three, four times. Holy. We don't deal well with that word because it's not in our personal experience. How do we be holy? The only way that we're holy is we're made holy. You don't, you don't wake up in the morning holy. Holy special. It's a special word. How special is it? I'll tell you this. Brief story from the book of Revelation. God created beings in, in heaven. They have six wings. With two they fly, with two they cover their feet, and with two they cover their face. And the only thing that they say for the entirety of eternity is holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Do you understand? These beings were created just to tell God how holy He Do you get this? And when we get the magnitude of that word, then we try to apply it to our life and we're like, no, I'd rather be a snowman. Take me back to where it used to be. Because it's intimidating. Those beings fly with two wings. They cover their feet with two wings because they can't have God look on them. And they cover their face with two wings because they cannot look on God. Okay, Just the magnitude of that word is just incredible. So why does he use holy? Because when God uses the word holy, he says this. Matt, Mary, whatever your name is, if I'm the Lord of your life, you're to be set apart. You're to be different. When everybody else in the world's a snowman, you should be the one with the hat on, dancing around, showing God's love. Now some of you, some of you are getting like, like, you might get upset. I can't believe he's comparing God and our salvation to a jumping around snowman. Listen, I'm telling you right now, there's a whole lot more significance than you're seeing right now. Because you used to be the dead cold-eyed, carrot-nosed, no-hat, stick-armed statue in this world. And you understand. Maybe you're going through that right now. And it's tough. Because we have God's qualities in us, it makes us different. We're set apart. Peter's reminding them that they did not become holy on their own. It was God who made them holy. If you have your worship hand out, we're going to open it up to the middle. And we're going to take, we're going to take there's some notes that you can fill in. Check this out. Under December 7th, and you can read a little bit about connection going to the movies. Under December 7th says, what a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. Frosty just said that. Wow, what a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. Underneath that, you'll see this. As his followers, we are to imitate God. We should have attributes of mercy and forgiveness. What a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. If given a questionnaire that you did not have to put your name on and would not be held accountable for. If I ask you, are you a nice person? The majority of people in here would go, yes. Because I do such and such and such and such. Or I, don't, I do a little bit more good than I do bad. So I'm a good person. As his followers, now listen, followers is a big deal. We're not, we're not believers. It's followers. Okay, Followers, every... Jesus said in the New Testament that even the demons believe. But the people were the followers. If we imitate God. How different do you look if you practice mercy and forgiveness? How, how different? How different do you look at work if you practice... Say, say you have somebody and they just keep messing up and messing up and messing up and messing up and your boss has just had enough and they just go off. 
And you're the person that stands there beside that person and tries to let them get it, and you explain it. And they try to get it again, and you explain it again. And you explain it, and you explain it, and maybe 17 times down the road, and you explain it, and they get it. Who is that person going to associate with more? You who are forgiving and merciful, or the boss? Now, I understand that there's things that you need to get right, because they're unsafe. I'm not going to go out the Continental Tire and see how many times I can put my arm in a press and bring it back. Okay, that's not, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. The machine doesn't know the difference between my arm and a tire, Okay. So, so if I had a boss there, he's going to be sharp with me, as he needs to be. How different do we look? Look at verse 17. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. Now, we don't deal well with this. My two daughters don't deal well with this. They think, in all honesty, that there should be a favorite with Mary and I. They do. No way, no, no, no. I've never seen that out of your children. Come live with me. Look, look, read on. And we remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorite. He will judge and reward you according to what you do. Now, this is how we're talking about favorites in my house. Emma will do something. Lydia will say, ooh. Now, she's only three, but already it's, it's turning. I can get her in trouble if I tell on her. And then watch, watch, and then she will raise in some kind of status to us. Do you get what, do we not do this? Yeah, we do, if you want to be honest with with yourself. And we remember that the heavenly father to whom he pray has no favorites. Oftentimes we sit at home, we sit in a restaurant, we look at people, we look at people so crossly, so coarsely, so judgmentally that we say, you know God, we look like the Pharisees in the New Testament. Thank you God for not making me a sinner like them. And we are completely okay with saying that. We're we're okay. Thank you God that I'm no longer a snowman, but that I am one of your righteous people. Arrogance. It's the Pharisees. Jesus... Didn't make fun of them, but he spoke harshly to them. The Pharisee, the Pharisee prayed, God, thank you that I'm not a sinner. See, we want to be the favorite. Now, this doesn't stop with people that aren't followers. We look at two disciples that wanted to be at the right hand of God. And they argued through the New Testament. They argued in a section. They said, oh, what do we have to do to be on your right hand, Jesus? When you get to... <clears throat> my name tag, Jesus, it's, it's, it's me. When you get to heaven... Could you just appoint this seat right here for me? We do that. We think we're entitled. Listen, to be a true follower of God, Jesus didn't come to people saying, you're now entitled for yourself. He came up and he says, you're now entitled to love people like I do. You're now free to dance. See, you're looking at the, at the Newsboys song that says, I am free. I am free to dance. You're free to love. He goes on. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. God does not, here, church word, God does not save us. God does not save us. And when we get saved, we use the church word saved and we become a follower, we don't get this piece of paper. We can put it in our back pocket and we're free to do what we want to do. Oftentimes, that's how I acted in my life. Some of you, you're in the same boat with me, if you want to be honest. We should be grateful children, not spoiled ones. 
But it's so easy to act spoiled, isn't it? Remember I talked a couple weeks ago about the reason that God's not a genie is because it would spoil us? God, can you just make this happen? Boom. And often he says, listen, if you trust me and seek me throughout this experience, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you. And if I would just, boom, make that happen, you don't get to, you don't get to go through that teaching process. You don't get to learn. It won't stick. We're here as temporary residents. Some of you remember December 7th, 1969, like it was two weeks ago. Now, I'm only, I'm, I'm only 34. But I'm telling you right now, there's no way on earth I should have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And some of you understand what I'm saying. So I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard a man that I've had a conversation with in this church say, somehow, I woke up one day and I had a grown daughter that had a kid. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we see Solomon, he calls, he calls this life like a vapor. Have you ever, seen, you ever seen vapor off a coffee cup from this morning? It comes up and it goes away. We're temporary residents. Temporary residents. Then some of you say, okay, if we're only going to be here for a short time, then what do I have to do anything? You don't have to. You get to. But, one of the best examples I've ever seen of being a temporary resident and having a job to do, it was a very, very dear friend of mine that realized that even later in life, and he had seen his kids grow up, and his kids have kids, and his kids start high school, and his, his grandkids start dating, and he realized, holy cow, I'm going to be out of this life soon. And he had a job to do. And he says that, I think that he looked at this verse sometime, and he says, you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. When he saw temporary residence, he says, okay, as long as I can breathe in, and as long as I can breathe out, and as long as I can walk, or whatever I can do, whatever, I'm, whatever time I have here, I'm going to try to do what God wants me to do. And some of your lives were completely, extremely affected by Him. Some of you did this morning what you did because you were taught by watching Him. If you don't know who this is, just ask somebody before you leave, who was Guy Baker? He knew that he wasn't here for very long. Listen, to, this is a man, this is a man that talked to me as a 30-year-old guy, and he said, listen, Matt, here's the deal. You're just not here for too long. You remember? I remember it like it was yesterday. It was four or five years ago at the, at the primary center, and he says this, if you don't give everything you have, one day you're going to wake up, your life's going to be gone, and God's going to say, man, I could have used that one a little bit more. And he told me about a life that began for God. And in the middle, somewhere, he became like Frosty the Snowman and he stood there. I'm not telling you any, I'm not telling some of you anything you don't know. And how he, he told me, he said, I would come in, I would sit down, and I would be as cold as I could in church. I just went to church because that's what you did. And he was very cold. He told me this. And he said, 
But then I met a guy who challenged me that I wasn't here for very long. And because of God Baker doing what God wanted me to do, there are things that happen here. Some of you know, there are things that happen here this morning that he helped influence. Now what do we got to do with it? We got to keep going. Look at your worship handout. Look at the next blank. We're responsible for ourselves, not others. See, Guy was responsible to God for what he did. Now, I'm not preaching about Guy. I'm just telling you, listen, this is what God wants to do with your life. He was very influential to me. Guy was not responsible for what God, to God for what he did. God was not responsible for what I did. I am responsible for what I do. Guy was not responsible for that. You are not responsible for what I do. I am not responsible for what you do. We are responsible for ourselves. We do not like that. Remember I talked about Joshua? And he comes up and he can make excuses after excuses after excuses after excuses, but it didn't change the fact that he had one question. Are you going to cross or not? Are you going to act what God wants you to or you're not? We're responsible for ourselves. Now we don't like that because some of us, that holds us accountable. And we're like, nope. I've never been held accountable in my life, and I'm not going to start now. Okay. It's your choice. I'm telling you, you're only here for a little bit. I'm not here to scare anybody. I'm, I'm 34 years old. I hope I have 35 more. Maybe not. Maybe I have two. Maybe I don't have that. But I want to go out going like this. I want to go up. I want to go out accelerating. I want to go out dancing. Put a hat on my head. I'm, whenever I, when I take my last breath here, I will be dancing. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because where I'm going, I'm okay. Look at verse Peter 1.18. See, we're responsible, before I get into this, we're responsible for allowing God to change us. Now, we get to the point we say, okay, I'm ready. Okay, God, uh, show me what you want me to do. And he shows us, and sometimes we're like, you know, do you have anything else? Some of you are going to go Christmas shopping. And your mate may have told you, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever, your brother, sister, mom, dad, and they told you this exact thing that they wanted. And you get there, and you get that exact same in front of you, and you go, you know, you got anything different? They might like what I think better. Do you ever do that? You're like, oh, I think. We went, we went last week to celebrate Mary's birthday. And I went out and I said, okay. Would you pick out she, what she wants for her birthday? She wants boots for her birthday. How many of you in here think I should pick out those boots? Good. Nobody raise your hand. <laughs> now, if, I'm going to be, if I want to pick out boots, there's two choices. Or three choices. Lace up. Slip on or camo. And all of them probably need to be warm. <laughs> I don't like to stay inside. So we went with Mary and I said, I'm going to show you how much I know about this. <clears throat> what do you think about these? And she goes, no. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's just one strike. So what about these? No. <laughs> She ends up walking out of the store with something that I, I wouldn't have picked for an hour. And it's only two, it's only two rows of aisles, okay? 
I would have been like, hmm, no, no, okay. I'm responsible for choosing for me. I'm not responsible for even choosing for her. My best friend on this planet Earth, I am not responsible. Look at verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. See, a lot lot of us want to complain. I've never received an inheritance. I've never got... Look, you got one. It's not a good one. It's a life of sin. Adam and Eve sinned. It affects all of us. Congratulations, you're born on earth. It affects you. Look, he goes on. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. At no way, shape, or form am I putting Jesus Christ as a magic hat on Frosty's head. But what I'm saying is this. When Jesus Christ died for you, He provided a way for you to be with Him in eternity. And you do not have to be a statue anymore. 19. Look, it shows us. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. We're getting ready to be in a season. Yes, we've already got a little bit. Now, I like snow, and I know some of you don't. So if you need a ride, call me. I have four-wheel drive. I'll come pick you up. But I like snow. You know what I really like? I like when there's about two or three inches, and no one has been outside. And it's just perfect. It's soft. It's white. It's clean. And you give me and my daughters about ten minutes, that all goes away. Because we're making snowmen and we're sledding and we're getting outside. We're dirtying up the snow. Listen, Jesus Christ was not like you and me. He wasn't. He was completely sinless. He says, you have to remember, Peter's telling these people, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless. He wrote this 30 years after Jesus left earth. If there would have been anybody that would have caught Jesus in his sin, they would have said, What you're saying is wrong. And Christianity started in the height of the town of where Jesus was persecuted at. If there would have been a lie, they would have got called on it. Look at verse 20. God chose Him. That's talking about Jesus. As your ransom long ago, before the world began. But now in the last days you have been revealed for your sake. See? I I, I like this. Look, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. I don't care if you were minus 11 when Frosty the Snowman came out. I don't care if you're 114. Because God chose Jesus to die for us and our sinful nature before the world began. Now you're, well, did he know that this was going to happen? Okay, we're not going to get into that. God's God. He knew there was going to have to be a payment for the sin that we did. Could you do that? It's Christmas. It's all about family. It's also a very sad time of year for most people, some people. But could you do that? Could you give everything you got? Look at verse 21. Through Christ you have come to trust in God. 
And you have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. Verse 22. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other, each other as brothers and sisters and love each other deeply with all your heart. Now, God, he's, he's referencing this sincere love to what God did for us. When's the last time that you showed sincere love? Somebody walks in, oh, I like your hair. Oh, I like yours too. Oh, I like your coat. Oh, I like yours too. And you walk away going, no, I don't. <laughs> sincere love is nothing to do with getting. Sincere love has everything to do about giving. Everything to do with giving. God's love lets you take your eyes off of yourself and put it on others. If you really get it, that's what it does. Because even in the story of Frosty, when he becomes alive, all he wants to do is give the time to... Watch! Give his time to the kids. Does he not? They run around town. They get stopped by a cop. I'm not going to ruin the story, but you know what I mean? It's like, the, it's like the movie Titanic. We all know how it ends. But he gives and he gives and he gives until he can't give anymore. You want to do a present day frosty snowman? Check out Olaf on Frozen. He gives and he gives and he gives. This is why we do Community 11. Because people, it is very unfortunate, but people that give are different. People that take and people that are giving are completely different. This is why we do our Community 11. This is why December 13th could change your life. I'm really not joking. If you've never done a Community 11, (laughs) go talk to Ken. Look at verse 23. For you have been born again, saved, having a relationship with God. Big church words. But not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. If you become a follower, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what happens. Number one, when you're born, you're completely eternal. Your soul's eternal. After you die, the Bible says you can go to heaven or you can go to hell. Becoming a follower of Christ ensures that you're going to be in heaven. Because it says, your new life will last forever because it comes from an eternal, the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, look at this. He goes on. People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades away. What's Peter doing? Peter is quoting a book out of the Old Testament called Isaiah. The people that he's around would have known the book of Isaiah. They would have known what Isaiah said. And he was reminding the people that their life is short. Your life is but a vapor. Listen, you don't have that much time. Let's do it. Let's go. The only thing that will last forever is God's will, God's word. And our eternality of, of going to heaven. Or going to he- it, will, it won't quit. Look at your worship handout. Our lives do not depend on Frosty's magic hat. Our lives will fade away one day. 
What will our friends and family remember about us? This is the cool part about this year. Some people, this, for some people, the Christmas season, the Thanksgiving season, having them back-to-back months is the worst thing on planet Earth. It's sad. Very, very sad. This is also a time of year that you can begin living like you've never lived before. That's what God does. He says, okay, okay. I made you new though. Let's go. I made you new. We can give. We can love. Why? Because we have to? No, because you can. Because you get to. A lot of you have maybe heard this. Some of you may have not. I may need to repeat it more than one time. In this life, in this life, listen very carefully. In this life, if you write things down in your Bible, write this down. In this life, not much matters. But what matters, matters mighty much. Not much matters. But what matters, matters mighty much. You're not going to get judged eternally about the, your, your job that you did at Continental Tire at the school or at Walgreens or wherever you work. Look at 1 Peter 25, 125. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. God doesn't quit. See, God... When God creates you new, when God makes you new, you don't become unnew. It doesn't go away. It's still in you. How do we know? Look at the next blank in your worship handout. God's love endures forever. Now, some, some of you come in here today and you're like, you know, he's talking about a snowman all month. He's going to be talking about Christmas. and I'm really not a Christmas fan. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of people that you know, maybe you come in contact with, maybe you're related to, maybe it's you. You walk around earth like a statue snowman. You don't feel like anything's going on. You don't feel alive. God desires to make you new, to make you feel alive, to bring life to the dead things. That's what He does. There was a time that I talked to you about, and I remember dates. I remember date August 13th, 1986 was a very, 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 very big day in my life. I was, not 87, I was seven years old. I was in my living room, I was talking to my mom, I was praying at the couch, and I realized that day that Matt Griswold had a problem. It was a sin problem. I understood that I inherited sin. It broke me apart from everything. Now you're saying, seven years old, how can you possibly understand that you had a sin problem? I'm telling you right now. I understood. And when you know, if you're a follower, you know that you know. And I knew. And I became a Christian that day. All I did, I didn't say a magic prayer. I asked God to come into my life. Now, here's the sad part. There became a time later in my life where I wanted to become a statue again. And I was done doing what God wanted me to do. And I wanted to follow what I wanted to do. And that's it. I didn't want to dance around for God. Because if, quite literally, if you dance around for God, people take notice and they say, Oh, I don't want to be around Him. Oh, He does weird things. He goes to church. He prays to a God that he's never shook hands with or ate breakfast with. This guy's weird. So I said, I don't want to be weird. I'm going to be codependent. I'm going to fit in. So I would chase this and I would chase this and I would chase this. And inside on the, on the outside, I looked as dead as Frosty the Snowman did without the hat. 
vacant. Remember my dad had a conversation. He said, whatever happened to that fire that you had to do what God wanted you to do? And I was so far away. I said, I don't care. You hear that? Some of you are right there. You're right there. And when I'm saying this, it's going, hello, hello. I didn't care. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And when I did what I wanted to do, I might as well have been a statue. Oh, I knew inside. Oh, I knew exactly where to go. When I got in trouble, who did I go to? God. Why? Because I knew He never left me. But I had left Him. And all the time that I spent running, He said, well, you just come here. Stop. Stop running. Stop moving away from me. What I have for you is going to be forever. And I keep thinking, and I don't, I don't replay things because I've learned how to get over them. But in my head I'm going, how long did I waste? I'm only 34. How long did I waste? What can we do? Where can we go? But I understood that I was a statue and I needed God to make me alive. You become alive by one, one way, the Bible says in John 14, 6. It's through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, in red letters in your Bible, if you have red letter edition, He says this, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by Me. That's what the man said. He says, I'm it. You can't, you can't play enough video games, you can't work enough overtime, you can't do anything on your own to get what I'm giving you for free. But Jesus is the only way. This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Some of you, some of you are going through life and you think, I have never thought about this. I have never met this God. I don't know, but the only thing that I know is I want to have a relationship with something that can make me new. This week, if you want to do something really cool on YouTube, type in, I am second videos. We watched one last week. And I watched one that's I will probably never show here because it's a little bit descriptive. <sighs> Talking about being made new and this lady, I was just heartbroken. Talking about she was enslaved in prostitution and how dead she felt. and she About being dead, about being used, about doing this and this and this. And then she talks about God making her new. Wow. Like, wow. How big, how big is my God? I, I, I literally, I was sitting at my computer going, God, how big are you? And as I kept writing, I kept remembering back to the first part of the sermon. He says, I created beings to sing to me for eternity because I'm that holy. I want to make you new. He talks to me every day. He says, you know, I can make this part a little bit better today, man, if you listen to me. But this morning, if you say, you know, hey, I don't have, I don't have that relationship. There's, a sin, there's sin in my life. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to pray that prayer, and you mean it from your heart, I'm not going to say anything magical. And I'm not going to have you come forward, and we're not going to embarrass you. All I ask you to do is this. On this little piece of paper right here, tear it off, drop it in the wooden box back there. Leave me your phone number, some way to get a hold of you. I just want to talk to you. Kind of explain some stuff. But God wants to make your life new.
He wants to see you dancing and jumping. Bow your heads with me. If that, make, if that makes sense today, where you are, God sees your heart. Not me, not Matt, not this church. You just, you just say this, God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that your son died for me on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and forgive me for my sin. And make me new. And God, help me to follow you. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, right now, today, God is saying, I want to make you new. Person that's followed Christ for your whole life, God wants to say, stop running, stop being a statue. I want to put that hat on your head and I want you to jump around. I want you to dance. I want you to live out loud. I want you to be impactful, magnetic for me. December 13th, talk to Ken. You want to impact the community in a relevant way? Go talk to Ken after church. December 13th, this Saturday. You want to see what God's Word says? Look at these on the Connect group. Get involved. Some of us say, ah, I'm too busy. Hey, I understand things come up. That's okay. There's maybe one of them there that fits you. If not this week, then go to next week. Find out what God's doing here. There are people here that have walked through years and years of life as a statue. And I can point you in their direction. And they came to a point that God says, you know what? That person said, I I want all you have for me. And they're the people. They got the hat on their head. And you want to be around them. God wants to make you new. Listen. Next three weeks. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We're going to watch three more movies. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Let's pray. God, we thank you today. We thank you for being holy. We thank you for an example from a person made of snow. God, we thank you for the book of 1 Peter that was written to encourage people that you are who you say you are. And God, let us remember this week that this, there's not a lot in this world that matters. But what matters, and that's you, matters mighty much, eternally. God, we thank you. Thank you for the music. We thank you for the, the, the fellowship. We thank you for the things that you've given us here. God, I thank you for those people that are going to go talk to Ken about the community loving. God, that we can impact people's life for you. God, make us new. In your name we pray. Amen.